0: Welcome to another edition of the Work Life Hub podcast. To find out more and to listen to other episodes, please go to www.worklifehub.eu.
1: Hello and welcome to our listeners, our new listeners and our regular listeners. This is Agnes, your host of the Work Life Hub podcast. And this is again another special edition we're doing for the HR Expo uh, held in Kern in September of 2015. And today I'm joined by Ger Driesen, who is a thought leader in the field of learning, leadership and talent development. He's also the co-founder and one of the CEOs of Challenge, Leadership Development Academy. Good morning, Hel.
0: Good morning.
1: Um, Hel is going to speak um, on the 15th of September um, at the HR Expo and his presentation is uh, Van Gogh on the art of work, discoveries from his paintings and letters. And there are seven principles that you have uncovered through studying Van Gogh's letters and his work and his paintings and diaries so would you mind just maybe explaining um, your journey as to how you got to use in van gogh and maybe just a teaser about some of the principles
0: yeah that's just fine thanks for having me and i'm happy to uh, share some of my ideas and uh, background i live in this little village in the netherlands in the south of the netherlands it's called Nuenen, and It's the village where uh, Van Gogh started his career as an artist. In fact, his uh, father and mother lived here and he joined them uh, for some years and worked from their their house and started his career as an artist. So what my connection uh, really is, is that I went to a very nice conference in the USA in 2010, it's the ATD conference, and uh, it's very exciting to be amongst 10,000 of colleagues from around the world and discuss uh, the field of work you're in. And then after some days, you uh, have to return home, and then you think, okay, if I only could stay a bit longer in this in this exciting uh, environment. Um, discuss with other people, learn from them, exchange ideas, that that would be very exciting. And then you have to go home, you think, okay, this is home, home is nice. But not long after that, I realized when I was walking down the street in my own village, hey, uh, there are all kind of people from all around the world who do visit my village because they want to get inspired uh, by Van Gogh. And I thought, hmm, maybe I didn't uh, use that, that uh, theme very well. I didn't inform myself really about the history. Why can I be inspired uh, going to the US or wherever? And why is it that I don't uh, look at the things that are so close to me? So of course I knew a little bit about it, but I decided, hey, let's let's dive a bit deeper into the story and into the information, because uh, my my office is literally surrounded by Van Gogh monuments. So, and um, well, it became a very nice journey because uh, of course there is a lot of work of Van Gogh available. Uh, paintings, drawings, etc. But what is also quite unique is that he wrote a lot of letters and uh, a lot of these letters are still available today. So there are about uh, 900 plus letters available, most from Vincent van Gogh to his brother Theo, but also to other artists and also, of course, some letters uh, that were written to him. And I thought... Okay, uh, that's where the journey has to start. So I decided to, um, to dive into those letters, started reading them, but from a specific perspective. As I'm a professional in learning and leadership development, I hoped to find some clues about how did Van Gogh approach his work, how did he Um, find his way within his profession to reach such an extraordinary level of mastership. Um, I was aware of the fact that Van Gogh had not much uh, formal education uh, to be an artist. So there had to be ways in which he managed to create his own learning process uh, to become better. So From that perspective, I started to explore and uh, research his letters. And it was quite amazing um, the the clues you can find in his work that are very clear on how he approached his work, on his struggles, on um, the things he he tried uh, to do, To become better and to reach a next level of mastership, etc.
1: The work of uh, Van Gogh is so timeless, right? And it really transcends all continents. I don't think you can really see, you know, meet anybody uh, in Asia or in America or South America who hasn't heard of him or cannot picture immediately one of his paintings. So he really did manage to produce work that was timeless and yet still the struggles that you have uncovered he was facing back then are still so relevant today in a very different work environment.
0: Yes, that's that's correct. And um, so I, I really enjoyed the, my own journey in, in doing the research. And then I started to uh, do presentations about it. And I had the opportunity and I'm, I'm, I feel myself very lucky with that to be a speaker at different conferences all around the world. And in fact, what you say uh, is is very, very much true as I experienced it. Because if you are in the US or you are in Saudi Arabia or you are in in Europe, um, people from all around the world uh, during or after my presentation connected with me and, and had their own story and their own, uh, IDs and experience and inspiration uh, connected to Van Gogh. That 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 was very uh, very nice experience for me uh, to discover. Mm. And sometimes it are let's say small stories, but all personal stories. So quite often people come to me and say, "Hey, uh, I like the presentation, and I realized suddenly that." Uh, During my youth, uh, I had a poster of him in my sleeping, in my bedroom, Uh, but I didn't realize uh, after all that it was Van Gogh, but I have certain uh, memories of that. Or um, some people say, hey, uh, I live in Istanbul and uh, my father took me to a museum I didn't like museums very much, but I was very impressed by the Van Gogh paintings, and I, uh, I have loved them ever since. Um, or a lady said, whoa, that painting is my favorite painting uh, of Van Gogh and in general, and it's uh, I have a, a small poster of it in my kitchen, so I look at it every day. So <laughs> those kind of... Yeah personal stories are very uh, nice to hear back from people, yeah.
1: So you have uncovered um, what you have collected into the seven principles yeah. that, uh, that that run through the work and development of, of Van Gogh. Now, what would you say was perhaps the most surprising one that you didn't find or didn't think you would find?
0: Um, well, maybe what... Most of the time I use as the first principle is think inside the box. And um, I like to mention that one because after um, doing my research, in fact, I realized (laughs) I also also applied that one (laughs) by doing my own research. So if you look at the work of Van Gogh, he quite often uh, uses what is close to him. Uh, He was very, very well able to find the extraordinary in the ordinary. So, starting with his uh, career here in uh, Nuenen, um, he painted the house where he lived in. And the house is still available today, it is still there, so you can have a look at the house. Uh, He painted the church where his father uh, worked as a minister, uh, so it's still it's still there. it's it's a two minute walk from my office. so uh, you can see it and it's it's where people uh, come over come to here eh, in in our village to to look at those things that are also visible in his paintings. but also, um, some peasants around the corner. He just stepped outside one day. I thought, okay, I have to draw or to paint something. He just sat down. Okay, there are some peasants working around the corner. Let's make a painting of them. But also his own shoes uh, or his clocks or uh, his chair. Yeah, this, his chair, his bedroom later in France. You so know. things that are very close to him, that were very close to him, that one would say, okay it it's something normal from your day-to-day life. It isn't it hasn't a special beauty. But for him, uh, looking at from his perspective, it had beauty and it was worth uh, to use it uh, to make a painting of it. So that's think inside the box and I think that applies uh also today in our day-to-day work and maybe even more because work is work is speeding up, Uh, we have to be faster, we have so much information um, coming to us. Um, Sometimes I guess today it would be better also to say, okay, wait a minute. Uh, let's sit down or uh, let's pause a bit and uh, let's see what's inside the box. If you face a certain challenge, um, don't rush too much, maybe. Don't think too much outside only, but also think, okay, what is close to me? What is it that I have available right in my uh, direct uh, um, environment, surroundings, that might be helpful for me to solve this uh, problem or to to solve this challenge and that can be in the history of the company you work with in the legacy of the company you work with that can be in your own professional legacy Uh, it can be uh, by asking colleagues who who work close to you maybe they have some nice experience so um, that can be a very useful source to to solve problems or to approach to approach uh, challenges, uh, also today.
1: Sometimes here on the work life a podcast we have guests with whom we discuss the idea around servant leadership. Yes. And uh, and sometimes quite often comes up the 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 idea of the ego of the CEO. Yeah. Thinking that you know I I am the CEO so I have to have all the answers and I better even pretend that I have all the answers. So I think what also transpires a lot from um, Van Gogh is is his humility, the way he approached his work with a lot of respect, a lot of humility. and, And I think that that also relates to, you know, just pause for a moment and, and ask around you, ask the people who are in the company and, and, you know, not assume that as a leader you may have all the answers, but, but be more humble and and look at the resources that are there just inside the people and ask them. And we quite often refer to this great example that I, I very much admire that they used in Google, where they give employees uh, 20% of their time to use as they see fit as you know they want to spend their time on and this is how actually some of the their greatest products like gmail has come about so so i very much can relate to to this this notion of of uh, don't rush out don't you know think inside the box
0: yeah i think the google uh, example and you have also what was later called the fedex days it's by by atlassian uh, software company also they had a once in a quarter FedEx day they call it and people get 24 hours to work on what they like to uh, whom they want to work with uh, and and solve a problem or create a new product and that's in fact very much also a, a modern approach of think inside the box it, it says you believe that people Uh, are connected to their work. They have ideas, uh, what they want to achieve, where they can improve, etc. The only thing that you give them is trust and some time to uh, let them work on on things that are very relevant. And um, I think applying, um, seeing the extraordinary in the ordinary ordinary can be very uh, fruitful. Also, looking at people in your company, exactly. Mm. And I think... A CEO that um, has the idea that he or she has to have all the answers, him or herself, uh, really lives in the past. Mm. <laughs> it's it's not it's not logic. It's not uh, useful. It's not uh, effective uh, today.
1: Mm. Now, the other thing that I uh, suspect um, that maybe you have also uh, found about Van Gogh is that he he didn't think of himself as someone naturally talented, right? I think it took him quite a lot of training and and the way he really approached in a very methodical way his craft. Am I correct in assuming this?
0: Yes, uh, very much. And that's what is, uh, in in my point of view, the the relationship to uh, the title of the presentation. So, Van Gogh and uh, the Art of Work Uh, because often we say Van Gogh and uh, (laughs) the work of art, but (laughs) the art of work, if you read his letters, he was very much dedicated to his uh, work. And um, he, uh, as you you introduced, uh, worked very hard to reach uh, next levels in his mastery. And looking at his um, first masterpiece, The Potato Eaters, Uh, that is uh, one of the paintings he he uh, produced he made uh, in this village Um, what I didn't realize before studying it Mm. I thought okay one day he had an he had an idea about okay I want to make this uh, (laughs) painting about uh, peasants at the table eating potatoes and uh, he just started with a With a blank canvas and then started to to make the painting and okay, then at once uh, it was there. Um, But looking at Van Gogh, that's not the way you create a masterpiece. Um, There are very clear clues that uh, he wrote to his brother Theo, he said, hey Theo, I want to make this painting of those peasants eating potatoes in the evening. But before I can uh, create that painting, I have to do a lot of study. And he wrote in his letter, okay, there will be four, five or six people uh, around the table. Before I can make that painting, I have to paint 60 heads of people. Uh, So it's a previous stage. Before you can create the masterpiece, I have to make this summer, I have to create uh, 60 portraits of uh, peasants. I have to paint their heads. And in a later letter, he wrote to Theo, and it's a letter with some sketches. Van Gogh went to the uh, museum in Amsterdam to look at the work of Rembrandt. And he said, whoa, uh, I can see in the work of Rembrandt, there is really life in it. And I have to capture that life also in my painting. So I did a lot of studies uh, with the hands, holding the fork to Mm. pick the potatoes. And I'm trying to get life into it. Because if I can't paint it with life into it, uh, it isn't good enough. So... Before he created his first masterpiece, he had a quite long process of practicing of uh, intermediate stages uh, of things he had to to master before he could create uh, that first overall masterpiece of, let's say, the potato eaters.
1: That's great. I'm a big fan of also reading and listening to books about um you know startups and the lean startup is also something that we're always uh, looking at the lean startup methodology and currently I'm listening yeah. to the audiobook of um, Matt Bloomberg and he wrote uh, this book it's called startup CEO and it's in his introduction he says that many people have a very unrealistic, view of what it means to be a startup ceo or a ceo because you would th- see you know all the glamorous product launches and ted talks and <laughs> and when they go on the ipo yeah. and and that's what's visible that's what mediatized. but all the different um, behind the scenes work and stages and then the very non-glamorous things we don't see and and still that is going to be the the good foundation of a sustainable company all this and, and I think that's what really comes across by what you've explained is that he was Van Gogh was so diligent about you know also capturing the detail and and you know someone would have just said okay well forget it I'm you know either do a mediocre painting or just not even practice and and this is I think something that in our current lives when we have Instagram and Twitter and and it all has to look perfect, you know, we are we're projecting these images that, you know, if I can give a good PowerPoint presentation, that's maybe because I have given eighty not so good ones, you know, and then yeah. every time I improved and and I think that's such a also such an important lesson in perseverance and, and just really sticking to it. And you have a vision. He wanted to paint these potato eaters and then he just invested so much energy into doing that.
0: Yes, that's right. And later on, uh, Picasso said something very nice also. He said, hey, you have to, to learn the rules like a master and then break them like an artist. And ah, I guess that's, that's very fantastic. much true uh, truth in that one. Uh, yes, and that's what I experienced in my work. Um, so... Most of my work is related to leadership development and talent development and um, what I experience sometimes is that companies say, okay, uh, we want our talents or our leaders uh, to develop new skills and uh can we hire you for a day or for an afternoon and work with them and then of course uh, they will be able to do so so uh, in this fast-paced world uh, sometimes we think that also very um, skills that, that may be hard to learn or need experience or need practice uh, can be learned in, in, in half an hour or in just doing a, a webinar or, a, or an online course or whatever but I guess um, uh, that's that's not always the case of course there are some new very nice and, and high-tech solutions to learn stuff in a very fast way compared to, to previous days but Looking at leadership and looking at at being a skilled professional at uh, uh, at the level of creating connections with people, uh, communication, etc. Um, I think we should listen to those uh, <laughs> masters like Van Gogh and Picasso and and understand that. Uh, to be at a high level, uh, practice is needed and time invested is needed to reach that high level.
1: Yes, especially time. That also comes back over and over again in our discussions about time being, you know, such a valuable resource and it's a non-renewable resource. And even though we think, okay, I have to constantly tweet and speak and be there, the the time you spend on just reading and even just thinking. And and that's also something that... I, I very much uh, enjoyed reading about um, psychologists who who explain that you know when teenagers that just daydream, how mm-hmm. vital and important that is in them getting in touch with their talents, getting in touch with their characters when it's just forming. You know, just let them be bored and let them just daydream. And this is something yeah. we have no more time for.
0: No, and especially for leaders, yeah? I guess our leaders. They they also, of course, live in a in a fast-paced, uh, hyper-connected FUCA world these days. Mm. And so they're, they have a big, big uh, uh, responsibility in their job. And it, it isn't easy. And when the world speeds up, uh, everybody, and in fact CEOs the most, when the world speeds up, you have to slow down uh, once in a while. And... We, of course, you will be uh, challenged to also speed up and we also have to speed up because we can't only slow down, but besides speeding up, it's much more important to create time to slow down and to think and to to create a vision about, okay, what's going on and uh, what does it mean uh, for me and for my company? And uh, you you just need time for that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um- now, maybe before we go to our last question, so to remind everybody, you will be speaking in Kern on the 15th of um, September, but where can they find yeah. you? Where, can you just uh, maybe remind listeners of your website or your Twitter where they can connect with you?
0: Yeah, so my, the name of my company is Challenge Leadership Development Academy. And uh, the website is uh, www.cld.academy. That's my website. And on Twitter, uh, I am at Ger Driesen with one S. That will do, I guess, uh, so people can find me.
1: And then maybe coming to the last question, if you um, could give just one advice to a CEO for him or her to make changes in their company, their organization, to allow uh, for the transformation, for achieving mastery, then what would that first advice or one advice be? Well, I have to tell you, some people start negotiating at this point and ask for the possibility to have two advices. So, So it's up to you
0: oh no no this this one is this one is this one is quite easy for me because it's a think and and uh so what we discussed just a few minutes ago uh when the world speeds up, of course you have to speed up and you have to slow down <laughs> uh so I think we are in the in in the midst of a transformation from one era to another. And sometimes I I very much like to think about the future and and to create ideas about the future. And it's exciting to think about the future, but thinking about the future doesn't mean all the other uh, of the past uh, you have to throw away. It's the, it's the, uh, the challenge to connect the future with the good things from the past. And for that you have to think and and what is new and what is still useful from today or the past. Uh, and thinking and and can give you so much uh, good ideas as a CEO to value what is already there eh? and to think inside the box about your history and legacy and to think about what does it mean for the future and how can it help us uh, uh, to, do a, to do a good job, to be a good company, uh, to serve our customers or whatever.
1: That's great. This is great advice. So step away from the trade-off mentality that you have to sacrifice one thing for achieving something else, yeah. but really connect all the good things that are already there and look ahead to what are the potentials for new things. That's right. Excellent. Thank you so much, Herr Briesen. I really enjoyed this discussion and I'm looking forward to meeting you in person in Kern in September.
0: Yes, that's great. Thank you too.